I'm Thiran Garrahi and you're listening to The Laughs of Your Life, the podcast where I talk to influential people about laughter. From their first memories of laughter, to no laughing matter moments, to a moment where they felt laughed at. But, but aren't you a lesbian? And you were a nun? And she's like, yes. And she's looking at me like, and we're on live TV. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was like, I had no idea. I'm sure, of course, you could be a lesbian and you could be a nun at the same time. Yeah, of course. I had no idea. Jesus Christ. And I started first. And I was like, oh, okay, stop, stop. Right sitting. Chef and TV presenter Clodagh McKenna is my guest this week. She talks to me about the French exchange trips that kicked off her love for food, the importance of keeping a free spirit, and her daily rituals for a healthy mind and body. Clodagh's eighth cookbook, In Minutes, is out on the 21st of October and is available for pre-sale now. From big laughs to big wins, this season of the Laughs of Your Life podcast is brought to you by TK Maxx. Whether it's delightful dresses for drinks with friends or the latest beauty must-haves, find big wins for all at TK Maxx. Now that I'm back from my summer holidays in France, which was utterly divine, by the way, I need a new project to focus on, seeing as packing my summer clothes was my main hobby in the run-up to jetting off. I was just so excited. I spent weeks on it. And I want to get the apartment ready for, dare I mention, the autumnal months with throws and candles and new cushions for the couch. You know, the little things that just give you a little lift. You know, in that transitional stage, you're going from summer into autumn and you just want a little bit of a refresher in your living space. I've always found gorgeous bits at TK Maxx, so I can't wait to nip in store and grab new bits and bobs in the coming weeks. I'll show you what I get on Instagram and be sure to follow TK Maxx as well on Instagram. Their handle is at TK Maxx, i.e. You can have ridiculously good quality for less at TK Maxx and feel like you're totally winning at life. And now for my chat with Clodagh McKenna. I hope you enjoy. Clodagh McKenna, you are extremely welcome to the Laughs of Your Life podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my God. Do you know what? Your setting right now and your outfit right now is exactly how I pictured you would be. Like flowers (laughs) in the background, colour, dungarees. It's just the, the life that we see on Instagram I feel like you truly live that fabulous life oh gosh I don't know about that I think my dungarees make me look like I'm a a dental surgeon or something but um but there we go (laughs) you're in London right now I'm in London right now um I'm filming this morning so um the show so I'm just up here for a couple of days I come up once a week um to the show and then I hightail it back to uh the countryside to isolation oh my <laughs> for the god rest of the time. fabulous isolation yeah no it is it's gorgeous we live yeah in the kind of the heart of the country surrounded by woodlands and chickens and vegetables and beehives um yeah I just I love it I love I never thought that I'd love the countryside as much as I do I was always such a I love the city um and but I've just, I, I think during the whole lockdown made me really appreciate, because um, I had no choice.com to, to stay put in the one spot. Because I quite like to, I'm a bit of a nomad, I quite like to travel all the time and I couldn't. And it really was good for me that way. Claude, I had to, I had to laugh this morning um, at the clip from this morning yesterday. Oh God, it was, it was funny. I, and I know maybe, oh, were you, were you annoyed? Were you a little bit annoyed? 
Oh, between when Holly said the flavour of my wedding cake, not in the slightest. I mean, really, I'm not like, I'm not one of those kind of brides-to-be. Um, not at all. I just felt so bad that she felt so bad. And I knew that it was going to end up in the papers here, which of course it did. Um, so I just felt so bad for her because she's such a sweetheart and she would hate to kind of feel that she did anything wrong. I mean, she's she's... She's kind of perfection, really. Um. I know. Oh my God. No, but it, it is so funny because obviously it was. It was in the papers here as well. And uh, oh, and then when it? you watch the clip, you can. It's clearly just a total mistake. And you were just like, "It's grand," but the, the headlines are like, "Oh my God, Holly!" I was like, "Come on!" Like making it out to be this first world problem. <laughs> I know. I know. Hilarious, right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, and then I, of course I cursed on. I cursed live on TV yesterday as well. <laughs> which kind of added to the whole thing. <laughs> ah, look, it's all part of the crack. Okay, Clodagh, let's get down to business and chat about laughter. So can you tell me about your first memory of laughter? My first memory of laughter would have been, I idolised my brother growing up and we had a coal pit, you know, inside in the, inside in the shed, inside in the garage. You know, you kept all the coal. And I remember... Um, my brother was like, okay, so we're going to go um, and play soldiers. And I'm like, oh, brilliant. I think I was like seven. I was like, brilliant. And I can come too. And he's like, yeah, you can come too. But we've got to have you in disguise because nobody needs to know that you're a girl. And I'm like, okay, that's no problem. And so he, he made me stand in the coal pit and he covered me completely with coal. Like I was black, soot everywhere coated all over me he even put it all over my clothes hands everything um and um I remember thinking I was just brilliant I thought I was just so brilliant um yeah and that I don't know if that's laughter but I look back at it and I I it just it makes me laugh so much the kind of the innocence of it and yeah that's my first laughter I think the crack. How was the crack in your family when you when you were younger? What was the dynamic like? What was the night dynamic? Uh, what was it? yeah, we laughed a lot. Um I was the youngest in the family, so the jokes were always on me, probably, um, all the time. And yeah, I mean yeah, the jokes were <laughs> which <laughs> always on me I'd get like I remember when I was so young I'd get like my sisters would always have like coins in their pockets to like make me do stuff so they'd be like I don't know if this is laughter but I look back and I laugh at it now they'd be like Clodia can you hold my legs up in the air for like 2p and I'd be like yeah no problem and I'd like hold them up or Clodia can you run to the shop for 5p and get us you know 50p worth of sweets and I'd be like yeah off like far scump running down like which was a mile away it was actually a mile away I was talking to my sister about this lately and I was like what the hell like that was a mile away I was like 10 years old <laughs> oh my god so your fitness journey started extremely young yeah and then it stopped your sister am I right in saying she's in the UK now so you yeah yeah which is really, really lovely. Yeah, she lives about an hour and a half away, which is, oh my God, it's just fantastic. So good to have family close, isn't it? And was cooking or baking or any of that kind of thing like part of your younger days? Um, baking was um, on Saturday mornings. Um, it was kind of like, almost like kind of 
like like baking necessity rather than kind of like oh let's all sit around and make you know fairy cakes and icing it was like okay here's the list of what needs to get done today like you know scones for the week bread and uh, and all those things and it was on a Saturday morning oh my sisters my mother would be doing it and I'd kind of be you know helping along um but it was because you know we didn't have you know we lived in the country growing up and we just didn't have access to kind of um freshly baked breads and everything like that so we just make our own um and then I was really lucky when I was 12 years old I did you know when those French exchanges I don't know if you did one growing up yeah um and I remember do you remember we used to go off on the ferry I mean how crazy was that did you go on the ferry I didn't no I kind of did it a bit later I was maybe 17 when I did it so we flew but oh my god that must have been an adventure yeah, like 12 years old age, like bye, off in the ferry and not having a word of French and then being picked up by a French family there. And I was like, oh my God, they couldn't speak English. I couldn't speak French. But somehow we communicated and I loved them so much. And they, you know, loved me. Like we just had this great connect bond. Um, and I got, I ended up staying for the whole summer um, with them. And the mother was a stay at home um you know uh, mom and she did all the cooking and everything and I used to spend all my day pretty much kind of with her um and her cooking and everything and it just influenced me so much I remember coming back home and and I went back I went back every single summer but for like two months every summer until I was like 18 and um I just remember the, the influence that it had on me was just huge. Um, and coming back home and being like, oh, my God, have you heard of pasta? You know, like, you know, it was that kind of Ireland that I grew up in where we just didn't have access to that yet, you know. Um, or like, oh, gratin. I remember making a gratin when I came back one time when I was 15. And it was just and seeing the first patisserie, you, you know, going into the first patisserie for the first time when I was in France and all those things that I never ever would have had access to like you know we had a really modest upbringing you know in a small house in the country and um it was an amazing eye-opener for me I mean that French exchange stuff is just brilliant when I look back at it now you know the access it gave to like so many Irish kids like in the same position as me um that wouldn't have had much growing up and and then going all of a sudden into a foreign country and immersed in a foreign culture. Um, it was just, it was, it was brilliant. It was kind of the making of me, as well as at home, of course, was making of me too. But that was my, my, my biggest kind of cooking influence growing up. So you came home without a word of French, but a lot of recipes under your belt. <laughs> I definitely came home with French because they made, the, the father was a professor um, and he was a professor of art. Um, at the university in Rennes, which is a city nearby, and said, but they couldn't speak English, so I had to learn French. And he was very much like, you know, what words have you learned today? And blah blah blah. And he pointed everything like, what's that? And I'd be like, ah, it's an araignée, which is a spider, which I was terrified of. But like, you know, he'd always be like pointing things yeah. out and everything. Oh, those experiences—they're they're the best kind. The, it's the best way to learn to just be thrown yes. into yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Hundred percent. Clauda, the first time you felt laughed at, can you remember? Oh my god, all the time yesterday, and the first time, oh my god, I don't mind being laughed at. Um, 
okay, so I did something really crazy in school. I used to do a lot of crazy things in school. I did something really crazy in school one day. So it was Valent. I was in primary school, and it was the last year. So I must have been about like eleven, and it was Valentine's Day, and so. I got to school and, the, you know, we all had to get into school about 10 or 15 minutes before it started. And I rounded up all the students in my class and I said, OK, we are all going to go to the post office because we've got to post our Valentine's Day cards. And they were and I was like, everybody just follow me. And so I got the, all of the students of the class at 11 years old and they got um, and they brought <laughs> I got them all to march down to the village. And we just all hung out. I mean, the post office wasn't even open. It was just for like, just because I was just, I used to always try to like really get up my teachers, you know, just like always making pranks. And we just <laughs> stood down there for about a half an hour. And then I brought everybody back and he was furious, but it was the biggest laugh. I mean, we had, I remember just the nervous giggles and the laughs coming back and everything. And then, oh, I didn't have a care in the world. <laughs> and, and then coming back in and then when I left like it was two months later and we we're all leaving and I remember the he headmaster who was the sixth class teacher usually is isn't it he came out to my mom and I'm and he said I just want to say something about Cloda and she was she was like yes of course kind of terrified yes and he's like she was an experience a real experience that I will never forget in my whole life. My poor man. And then when I started up, you know, selling my, um, when I started the farmer's markets, I used to have my own stall in the Middleton farmer's market. He used to come down every single Saturday to support me. Stop. I know the first time I saw him, you know, that. I mean, we're, we're so bold, aren't we? When we're like kids, the things we do. And I remember him coming, he came, his first time he walked up and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Everything started kind of flying back to me. All the things I used to do. Like I remember he used to always make me sit at the top of class and I used to look up and he'd be like, what are you staring at now? What are you staring at? And I was like, oh, the hairs up your nose. There's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're a rogue. And he was, and he was, um, and he was just so nice. And I was like, oh my, I won't say his name now. He'll be mortified. But he came down and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry for all the things I did. And he was like, oh, you were a kid. You were just a kid and da, 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 da. And, you know, and, you know, it's great that you had so much, you know, energy and all the rest. And, and he goes, I always knew you'd do something. And I'm like, here I am, my stall. <laughs> oh my, I love that though. It like, it takes a special kind of teacher to kind of go, uh, there's no act, there's no badness in her. She just needs to totally. go and do her thing, you know? Totally, it was all innocent. It was all innocent stuff. Like we never did anything bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was all kind of just innocent kind of country, small school stuff. Um, but yeah, that was, oh my God, it's so much laughs in, in in um in primary school i'm so glad i did and in in secondary school then i i suppose the way i see you now and how you just well look i don't know you obviously but from what i can see on tv and on social media you seem like a free spirit like were you always quite a free spirit like in your teenage years yeah, yeah always and i always remember my mom um saying to me um like when I was when I was younger she was like there's one thing I never want you to there's one thing I always want you to protect and I don't matter what you do with your life as long as you're happy and I really don't mind you can 
be if you want to be a hairdresser, if you want to be a policeman, whatever it is that you want to do, do. But I always want you to protect your spirit. Never let anybody hold back your spirit. That's one thing you can never be shy of. And it was it, it's interesting, isn't it? Things that you your parents or a teacher or somebody that you look up to and trust when you're younger says to you that they it resonates in your head. And I always feel because my mom says it to me, it really doesn't matter if anybody else. It, it, it's just so important for me to kind of just keep it and not get too um, and not get too manicured. Yes, it is so true what you say, though. It's like it embeds in your head and your soul like you never forget something like that, that you're that you're particularly your mom like no shade to my dad but particularly your mom when they say something like that it kind of yeah. makes it, everything feel okay no matter what goes wrong if you can always come back to that and say no I, I've stayed true to what my mom told me to do and be it's there's a security in that there totally is and like we're all we all only have like one life we only have like you know the one thing that that we can keep that doesn't ever change is our spirit, you know, like your face changes and you get older looking, but you can hold on to your spirit. And it's, it's the most important thing for everybody to protect. Cause as long as your spirit is good and free, you know, your, your, your mind is healthy and you, you know, who you are as a person. And, um, it's, it, yeah, it's good to kind of look after your spirit. And by that, I mean, like the people that you have around you and what you take in and, you know, those things are, <clears throat> I feel like they should have been a whole class on it at school, not <laughs> civics, not civics. Who remembers bloody civics? It should, <laughs> should have been like, you know, hold on to your spirit, man, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and how you do that and how you protect it. And, you know, what's the good thing about your spirit and how you can help your spirit, all that kind of stuff. I'm just, I'm really into that. Big time. Okay, Cloda, the moment when if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. Uh, I didn't laugh, I cried. Oh my God, I've had so many of those moments, um, especially on live TV, you know, because it's, you know, <laughs> oh my God, I can probably think of a million. It was probably one of my first TV, my first kind of like live, or one of the first kind of lives when years ago when I was doing... I think it was called, it was a call live at three with Blonde and Kiofa and Anna Nolan. Yeah. And it was my first time on the show. And oh, there was two things, actually. I, there were one after the other, one like one week after the other. <clears throat> and I was young and so kind of like not used to doing live TV. And um, and, I, and, and I didn't, I didn't know who Anna Nolan was. And it was my first time on with them and we were chatting away and she was like, and then and she was saying, I was cooking something, I was cooking, it must have been like a rice pudding or something like that. And Anna was saying to me, God, yeah, we used to, I used to eat this with the nuns all the time. And I was like, with the nuns? And she was like, she was like, yeah, with the nuns. And I'm like, what do you, you, did you go to a convent? Like, like, <laughs> so many times and it's probably the best thing about me for live TV and also can be my worst is that I just switch. I do act after about 10 seconds. I, I can't help it. I get into a, a bubble and I forget the cameras and 
I, I genuinely do. And sometimes I kind of click going, oh, geez, I'm on TV. And, um, <laughs> and it happens every time I, I'm on TV. And, um, and, and I was like, did you go to a convent? And she's like, yeah, but she goes like, I was a nun. And I'm looking at her going like, yeah, right, Ada. You were a nun. And she's like, no, I was a nun. And I'm like, Anna, this is live. And I was like, Anna, you're a lesbian. And she's like, I know. And I'm like, but, but aren't you a lesbian? And you were a nun? And she's like, Yes, and she's looking at me like I'm on live TV, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." I was like, "I had no idea." I'm sure, of course, you could be a lesbian and you could be a nun at the same time. Yeah, of course, I had no idea. Jesus Christ! And I started cursing, and I was like, oh, "Okay, stop, stop, right sitting." So that was like, oh, and we laughed. Oh my god, we got into such hysterics laughing, the two of us. Um, yeah, it was like, yeah, some people oh. might call it. TV gold, I'd call it, I, I must laugh, otherwise they're going to cry. And then the other time, then the next time I was on, I mean, you know, I definitely probably have fair ratings. Um, but uh, <laughs> then the next time I'm on, I'm like, it was like an island. And I was making a soup and I was like putting all the vegetables and soup, trying to be all like Miss Perfect. And I'm like, oh, my vegetables and the food processor. And, um, and then I went like on and there was like nothing. Come on, come on, get going, you know, and there's nothing. And then I like looked down and the plug was out and there's no plugs anywhere. And I'm like, okay, so there's no plug on this island and we've no electricity. This is all actually a pretend kitchen and I can't wait it up. So we're going to have a chunky soup today. And um, that was really, and all those things are really good kind of like training for you because like shit happens on yeah. like live TV and you've got to be able to be just like, you got to laugh about it. You know, you've got to laugh about it because I always remind myself, anytime I ever get nervous, I always think like, I am not here to perform like life surgery. I'm just bloody cooking. Like everybody cooks every day. I'm just cooking. It happens to be on TV. And you know what? If the cooking doesn't turn out right, hopefully I'll cheer somebody's day up. <laughs> <laughs> That's my motto in life about TV. It's oh like you're just there to make somebody smile. Otherwise they wouldn't switch on. Smile or cry. That's all people want to do on TV. Love it. It is so true though, because anytime I've been a guest on like the six o'clock show or the Today Show, like there, like it is nerve wracking obviously to be a guest and to just sit there and chat. But I always have way more concern for whoever's doing the cooking I'm like fair play because that's <laughs> chatting it's thinking about the cameras it's interacting it's also using your hands and the measurements so it's not it's not easy you're some woman oh god no I mean I find it easy but um yeah I love it I love it I love like cooking up dishes every week on this morning and like been stopped in the street in London and people going like, oh my God, and they do like spicy pasta bake. My kids love it. Or in the taxi yesterday, you know, and he was chatting away. He's like, oh, will you make some fresh pasta? I'd love to learn how to make fresh pasta. And like, it's just brilliant. You think like, oh, that's so great. Am I, I hope I'm like in a teeny tiny way making people feel excited about cooking their meal at night when often it can be a real like, chore and a kind of like something you just don't want to yeah. do when you're you know everybody's got busy lives has this morning kind of taken things up a notch for you like that obviously the viewership there is so massive like does it feel yeah. is it because you, you know sometimes you could do a tv show or you know a radio interview or whatever and yeah you feel like 
you know, you kind of feel like people are watching, but it's nothing like the level I, I would say of this morning. Like, does it feel very big? It does feel really big um, and it is really big. Um, and like the, the viewership over lockdown when I first started was like five million a day. Um, and so it was really big and you felt the, and I was, you know, I was told like in, in meetings like when I was given the contract, you know, that it is a big responsibility that, you know, the, the viewers are very, very loyal to this morning. They're so loyal to the show and to the presenters. Um, and and it's part of their day. And you really feel like you're, you're, you're going into so many people's homes. And it's, I mean, it's such an incredible opportunity. Like there's so many amazing, much better chefs out there than me. Um, and, you know, in this very big country. And, you know, I just feel so... I feel so honored, but I'm also so aware of the great opportunity. Like, like I sound like I'm in an interview right now, but like, yeah. like as I'm like a, a job interview, but I genuinely mean it. I, every time I do a self-check, you know, yeah. um, so I don't get too complacent about it, you know, or don't get too, um, you know, self-focused on it. You know what I mean? It's just all about like being relaxed and, uh, and being, and taking it seriously as knowing your stuff beforehand. So I spend all day the day before cooking up all the recipes that I'm going to do on the show. Like we spend a lot of time choosing what recipes, looking back at all the feedback, you know, the and the you know, and the following, like on my, even on my Instagram, that grows like furiously. Ever since I've started, I've gained an extra 80,000 followers. And oh it's, it's it's constant. It's a little, it's a yeah, it's, it's an amazing way to, you know, if you're interested in that world of communicating to people, it's an amazing platform. There's no better platform in the UK. It's like the biggest day show. So it's, it's brilliant. I love it. I, and I love the team. Like the people that work there are just brilliant. Um, which is like the guy who does my sound, he's Irish and I just love him. Like everybody's just, it's just an amazing team, an amazing head of the whole show. And his motto is he only picks people on the show who are kind, good people. And that is his whole motto or his whole kind of ethos. And you feel it immediately when you're part of the show and part of the family. Everybody is just, they're all just proper good people. And it's so refreshing, you know, in the TV world to be part of that because there can be, you know, it can be not that way as well. Um, and yeah, it's lovely. Well, you deserve it and you're doing us proud and we love. Oh, thanks a million. <laughs> okay, Claudia, your no laughing matter moment in life. Oh, my no laughing matter moment in life. Um, I, I think it was during, it was during lockdown when I couldn't see my mom. Um, that was the, you know, the you know, nights were ending so many, you know, so many. I mean, every, probably everybody had somebody um, that I, I was, I was just heartbroken going to bed a lot of nights. Um, um, that I just couldn't see my mom. I couldn't look after her, and you know, she's back in Ireland, and that was. You know, I'm so used to going over every two weeks, you know, to see her. Um, and we're really close and not being able to see her and not being able to look after her and her being frightened about COVID um, and not being able to go there. 
Um, and so many times I thought, oh my God, I'll just get the ferry and I'll sneak over. And then I was like, oh, I can't do that. I can't do it. I can't break the rules. And she didn't want me to break the rules. And of course I couldn't do it because, you know, none of us were allowed to do it. And, um, and so I kind of stuck with it and only went back when I was allowed to. But that was, I, yeah, there were days when I just couldn't find, you know, any silver lining in it. I think, you know, I just, she was so frightened. I think especially with the elderly people and the, the really young, like teenagers and, and then the older people, the elderly, they, was, they were so affected by it. You know, yeah. teenagers not seeing their friends anymore, everything being focused on social media and what you're doing and, you, you know, the, all the happy sides of life and the, having the realness of meeting your friends and, and the ups and downs that you see them going through too. Um, and then the elderly it was just the fear because there were so many, so many of them dying. Um, and so my mom was very frightened during it all. And so yeah, that was that was a, that was not a laughing matter. <laughs> and what's what's the latest? Have you been able to see her, or will you see her soon? No, I have been. Yeah, no, I have been going over now. Um, I do all of my um, yeah my pre-testing and and get all my certs and everything and then I go over and I isolate and I see her um it's a bit of a slog but um it's absolutely worth it um yeah I'll be going again now uh, next week oh fabulous tell her yeah. we Salem <laughs> I will <laughs> okay Cloda the person you always laugh with um person I always laugh with um Probably one of my best friends, Fiona Leahy. She's Irish and she's here in London. Um, I was laughing with her all like, last night. Probably why I look a bit tired. Um, <laughs> she is just a she is just um, a bundle of joy. She's um, yeah. She comes from Tipperary um, and she moved to London years ago. And she is um, a creative director of events. We know her for her tablescapes. Um, she's super glamorous um, and she's super down to earth and um, and I love her. I love, I actually have quite a lot of Irish um, friends here, like Melda May and Laura Whitmore and um, that I just, I mean, I have lots of English friends too, which I, which I love and lots of English best friends as well, um, that I really find a, like a, I have a strong connection to, but there is no... And I guess it's like the kind of the gene pool. It's also the same as the kind of like where you're from pool. I, I there's just sayings and things that we can laugh and talk about. That is just, you know, we can laugh about the eighties in Ireland and how fucking crazy it was growing up in Ireland in the eighties. Like Jesus Christ, and um, you know, it really was. So it is like, and we can laugh and talk and chat about that. Is just you can't get. You, you can't have that with other people that don't grow up in the same country as you. I think it's because we're, and I see that other cultures don't have that bond. Like, I think it's because we're an island, you know, that we, and, and so many people migrated that there's this fierce kind of loyalty to, um, you know, your fellow countrymen, you know, when you're, when you're away. And I, I feel that immense like loyalty even like the sound guy in this morning or there was this, this girl who's who works in there and her mother is from Cork um and I am always even yesterday I was like okay I'm gonna keep 
take you back some of that lemon drizzle cake for her mom. You know, oh. like, uh, and I can constantly take stuff. You know, you know when I make stuff oh. like popping it aside and wrapping it up for her to give to her mom. You know, it's that <laughs> feeling of looking after or tribe. <laughs> I know it's like we're all you're all each other's Irish mammies as as one collective. Yeah. I know, even my hairdresser. So my hairdresser, he had a new receptionist and she was from Ireland. And I was like, oh, Jesus, I've got to meet her. I was meeting her and she was missing home so much. She was like, oh, I just miss it so depressed. And I was like, that's noted. So I made her so depressed and I posted it in, in a box. And oh, I got, I you know, careered into her. And um, my hairdresser turned, called me up. He sensed, he's a little bit sensitive. And he I called me up and he said to me, he was like, I've been cutting your hair for three years and you have never, ever made me anything or posted me anything. And our new receptionist has soda bread. Like, that's just, I would love a soda bread too. And he was like, really like <laughs> pissed off about it. And I was like, oh, well, you know, get, change your passport. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Okay, Cloda, a time where you had the last laugh. The time where I had the last laugh um, was um, was last night when my friend Fiona brought her two little dogs out with her. She brings them everywhere with her, um, the little terriers. And we were having um, dinner in a place called Joy, which is this outdoor restaurant, um, community restaurant, which is built on top of a canal. Um, and the dog, and she's so like, she's such a free spirit and kind of carefree. She was like, oh, the dogs just want to run. Let's let the dogs run. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Let's let the dogs run. And the dogs run and they're like off, like gone, like flying around the restaurant and then down the thing. And all of a sudden then you hear a splash, splash. And then like people going, oh my God, oh my God. And we're like running up and the two dogs are like swimming down the canal. <laughs> Delighted with life, delighted with life, and then everybody from the restaurant got up and was running over, like looking over the things that the dog is running up. And her, and Fiona was like, "Oh, they're grand. They just love. They just wanted a bit of a swim. They're grand." And people were like, "Jesus Christ, are they going to be okay?" They're like, "Oh no, they're fine." And then they did. They they jumped back out and happy as Larry. That was so funny. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Cloda, if laughter yeah. wasn't the best medicine, what would be? If laughter wasn't the best medicine, what would be? Um, uh, happy thoughts. Um, happy thoughts. I think being present um, without sounding to... Um, without sounding too kind of out there I just feel like I really really do my best and trying to be as present as possible and I always uh, and, and a good cold shower <laughs> I'm really into cold showers at the moment are you cold yeah, yeah yeah I miss the sea so much because I grew up on the sea um or kind of near the sea so I just I, I miss the sea so much um and during the second lockdown, which I found quite hard during the winter, I and I'm luckily touch wood. I've, I've I've kind of I'm very lucky in that I do because I guess my mom was very instilled about you know holding on to your spirit and everything that I have like a really good resilience to um, when things aren't so great. I can really find myself in a good place, um, and I'm 
very lucky that I have that, you know, tool. Um, I don't suffer from getting down too much. But when I do feel it coming on, I definitely am proactive immediately. So like during the second lockdown, I was, you know, kind of heavy, you know, I just felt heavy. And I was just like, this, I just don't like feeling this heaviness. And so then I just did like, I just thought, okay, I've got to pull myself together. But so I was researching about like all the things that help you mentally feel better. And it was like meditation, you know, cardiovascular exercise, you know, getting like, you know, juicing like vegetables into you, you know, so you're eating, you're, you know, looking after your gut because your gut is so, you know, so linked to your, to your mind. I really do think it's all about your stomach and your gut. Um, and then also, you know, cold water treatment. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do all of them. And I'm just going to be like, okay, it, it doesn't matter what, what I've got to do today. I am going to spend an hour every single day just on myself. So I was like, I'm just going to get start getting up a little bit earlier and going to bed a little bit earlier. So I started going to bed, up to bed at 8.30, you know, and listening to a podcast um, and then falling asleep about quarter past nine and then getting up at six and to going outside or kind of wrapped up and just sitting outside, you know, even if it was dark at that time, I'm just sitting outside and doing a meditation, but a guided, just 10 minutes, just 10 minutes. I can't really do more than 10 minutes, mm-hmm. but um, I have never tried really. I just like 10 minutes and I do a guided um, meditation and then I go straight on and I do cardiovascular um exercise I do it on a bike because I really like I have um I have a peloton but like whatever works for anybody just that car you've got to get that heart pumping um and I love the music with it too so I have like really I, I love music and it helps you just forget about things and when you're working out so hard for 30 minutes all you can think think about is you know Am I going to survive? Am I going to have a heart attack? Am I like, am I going to like get sick? Am I, you know what I mean? When you're working at that hard, that's all you can think about. And so you're, you're giving your whole mind just a relaxation. And then you get into points where you're just in the music and you're like, you're Beyonce on stage in Wembley for like maybe five minutes. You know what I mean? And you're <laughs> like, or you're Donna Summers or whatever it is that you love. You know what I mean? You're just in a bubble, just giving your mind a break from life. Um, and then I come in and I do, I've built it up now and I'm now up to three minutes in a very, very cold shower. I started off at one minute and it is so freaking cold. It's like, and the first time I did it, I was like, oh my God, am I going to have a heart attack? Am I, I just couldn't handle it. It was like, Jesus Christ, it was in the middle of winter. I was like screaming. Um, and then I looked up of all different ways to, you know, how to, how to abstain it. And so there's a whole thing of, you, the whole thing about the cold shower treatment in your mind, you've got to think, I can control my body, I, my body can, is stronger than this cold and this fear I'm stronger than it and I can control it and I can survive it so it's all about that and you're like you're doing in the big breaths and da, da, da. and you come out and you feel like honestly sometimes I come out and I'm like I could freaking run the country like you know <laughs> like I come out feeling like a superwoman out of it because I'm just like invigorated it's amazing for your immune system. It's incredible for anxiety. So if anybody's listening that suffers anyway from anxiety, just 
get into a cold shower every day. Just do it. Absolutely do it. It's, you know, it's, it's not going to be like, like a spa treatment. It's like a shocker, but it, it's only three minutes. Um, and it completely helps with anxiety. Um, and then I go down, I make um, one pint of green vegetables and I do that five to six times a day. I mean, I do the meditation, the green juice every day, but the cardio and the cold shower, I do, I take one day off a week, um, which is this morning. Um, <laughs> and, um, and it's just, I found it I find it, I found it absolutely life-changing, like absolutely life-changing. And I was in, am I going on a bit? No, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm like taking notes here. I'm like, <laughs> I am going to be so fabulous in that cold shower. <laughs> so then I was in Rachel's shopping and I was up at the checkout and there was a young boy at the checkout and he was like 21 years, like about 20, 21 years old. And I was like, how are you? And he's like, oh, I'm fine. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, so what are you up to when you finish work? And he's like, well, do you know what? He goes, um, I'm going to do my exercise. I'm really into exercise. And he's like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm actually going to go swimming in the lake. And because um, it's a lake on the park that I go swimming in. That's freezing too. And not everybody is up for it because there's massive fish in there. Um, and and then he, and, and I was like, and he goes, oh, I'm really into wild swimming too. And I was like, oh, wow. And he goes, but actually, he goes, I do cold showers. And I'm like, I do cold showers too. And he goes, I have a whole routine. And I was like, what's your routine? And he goes, I get up in the morning and I do my whole, like, car- I do my cardio. I work out for about an hour. Well, he's much younger than me. I only do half an hour. And then he like, and then he goes, then I go in, I do my cold shower and then I make a juice. And I'm like, oh, you're shitting me. I, sorry, my language is so bad. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I do the exact same. It's like, I do a little meditation thing. And he's like, and I was like, and he's, and he was 21 and he was like, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. This is at the checkout. And he goes, I suffered from depression. And he's like, a lot of my friends do at this age too. And it's a real thing, isn't it, for young boys around that age. Yeah. And he goes, and I had to do something. And he's like, so I started this routine in the morning. And he goes, like, today I was working early, so I'm going to do it this afternoon. And said, sometimes I change it. And it has completely changed my life. And I was like, and he's like, and then he, he he just couldn't stop talking. He was like, he was like, it changed my life so much that every time somebody comes up here, I want to tell them about it because I want them to tell their sons or anybody that they know who's about my age too. And I was like, you are amazing. Oh and he God. goes, yeah, he goes, I, I feel pretty amazing. I'm like, own it. Own it. You're so great. Honestly, I nearly jumped over the register to hug him and kind of go, everybody, this guy is brilliant. Oh, <laughs> like, my was, God. I know. It was so cool. I was buzzing after him. I was just like, that is so brilliant. Um, and it is life changing. And it's like, it's just about, you know, we all have like so much stuff to do and, and so much work on and um, and busy lives. But it's if we if we can all manage to get into our heads that actually before everything before kids before work before house chores or whatever has to come yourself and if that means that you've got to get up an hour earlier in the morning just do it like just do it just go to bed earlier it's actually not a big deal like it's not a big deal oh my god I love that answer so much I'm so inspired Claudia I'm going to get my green veg <laughs> And I'm going to start juicing and showering. I, well, I, I, do, I, I do shower. I just don't cold share. I'm going to start cold <laughs> showering. Oh my God. I'm so inspired. Thank you for that. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, you'll be cursing me now. The first cold shower. You'll be like. 
yes it is okay are you ready for your quick fire round okay the comedian you always laugh at um tommy tiernan the actress you always laugh at um the actress i always laugh at um Oh my god, who's the girl in um in the bridesmaids? Um which one? Um the one that the one that was making the cakes. I just love her dry humor. You know the cake uh, baker. Yeah, okay. Kristen Wig. Oh my god, you've got such a good mind. Yeah, exactly. Her. <laughs> okay, the actor. Can you think of an actor? The actor I always laugh at. Um well he, he wasn't funny. Oh, so he wasn't funny in this one you know the holiday the one that Cameron or the one that um, oh Jack Black Wind, Jack Black he wasn't funny in that one but I just love him in like in so many other things he's very good answer uh, the movie that makes you laugh out loud um, the movie that makes me laugh out loud um, uh, Hangover brilliant and finally Claudia <laughs> Your best or worst joke? My whole life is a joke. <laughs> I never tell. Oh no, I'm not one of those people who tells jokes. Okay, don't worry oh. about it. We won't. Oh, we won't sorry. make you. We won't make you Google a joke and pretend it's yours. Yeah. We sorry. Will, we will finish by saying, actually, if if no one has seen your little clip from this morning yesterday, uh, that could be the joke. That could be my joke. <laughs> Oh my God, Claude McKenna, that flew by. I enjoyed it so much. Thank you so oh, much for sharing the last few lives. Me life. too. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Last of Your Life podcast with Claude McKenna. I hope you enjoyed it. And I want to wish a massive congratulations to Claude and her brand new husband, Harry Herbert. They got married last week in what looked like a stunning ceremony and they're away on their honeymoon in Ibiza at the moment. I'm not jealous at all. If you like the podcast, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review and all those other things. Or even just drop me a DM on Instagram. I love to hear what you think. Or you can tweet me at Darren Garrity. This podcast is recorded with Collaborative Studios. Guest booker is Olive Esler. And this season of the Last of Your Life podcast is brought to you by TK Maxx. Everyone can feel fabulous for less with big wins, small prices at TK Maxx.